Fathers, we turn our hearts to you this morning in this time of the word. We just ask that you would be present. And we know that you already are. But God, by even praying that, it's an acknowledgement that we don't always uh, hear your voice. And so, Lord, I pray that you would quicken our hearts and our, our ears and our minds to hear you. God, help us to remove anything that would cause um, confusion. Help to remove anything that would uh, cause us to not connect with you and, and your word this morning as you bring us closer to you. Father, bless our time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, everywhere I've been going lately, and not just going, but, you know, on the Internet or, or reading books and things coming into my inbox, discipleship is just everywhere, the, the theme of discipleship. And, and I don't know if it's, it's simply that, it's, that there's something really happening and stirring up in the body of Christ, again, coming back to the understanding that discipleship is, is so key. Or if it's the same thing as when, you're, when you go out and buy a new car or somebody else, a friend of yours, buys a new car and then everywhere you see that new car driving down the street and you realize how many people own the Toyota Corolla or whatever it is and you just are more aware of it. I'm not sure what, what it is, honestly. Um, maybe, maybe you would, would be able to answer because God has been stirring up my heart the importance, the necessity, the urgency of becoming disciples and helping to make disciples. Jesus' great commission to us was go and make disciples, Matthew 28. Last week, Pastor Jeff um, talked about what is a disciple, and at the end of the service, we, we answered the question, am I a disciple? Am I a disciple? And if you were here, you remember last week's service, sometimes you know, it's, a, it's, a long, it's a long week and we've already forgotten the message. So we want to continue to talk about this topic because it's so important to us as believers. And it is everywhere. This week alone, I had over a dozen blogs sent to me, um, sales on, on discipleship, discipleship materials. Everywhere, I just, it's coming to me without me going even and looking for it, the importance of discipleship. And in all of this, we find differing approaches to discipleship. We find differing definitions to a degree of what discipleship is. And, but it's critical that we, we seek the Lord and understand what discipleship is and actually define it. Because if we don't have a definition of it, how can we ever do it? If we don't understand what discipleship is, how can we become a disciple? How can we answer the question, if I'm a disciple? How can we help other people to become a disciple? And we've got to you know, fight against all these things. We, we hear the word disciple and you know, quickly, most of us at one point or another think of the twelve. You know, with disciples. So, you know, we need to, to, to get another definition and understand that Jesus called us not just to be Christians, not just to be believers. He used a lot of words and he defined it. And he says to go and make disciples. The interesting thing is that Jesus never told us exactly what a disciple was. He didn't say this is what a disciple is. Don't you wish Jesus was more clear? I mean, sometimes, don't you just wish it said, this is the answer, period. But Jesus, throughout the gospel, spent three years with what he called his disciples. And then they became the apostles. And in that process, they became disciples. So what we need to do is go back and look at the process. 
When we read the scriptures, we need to go and say, what was Jesus doing? How was he doing it? How do we define this? Last week, I, you guys who broke off into groups did amazing coming up with definitions of what a disciple is. And so I'm going to read those again because we need to, to, to really be thinking about these. And one of the groups, the, the group led by uh, Pastor Floyd and, and that was over on the far side, this is what they came up with. One who has been transformed or is being transformed into the image of God through being fully committed to the Master and His teaching and living a daily encounter with the Lord, the infilling of the Holy Spirit and His presence in such a way that it leads to a transformation. This involves commitment and surrender of all we are and have to Jesus and is demonstrating a life source rather than simple behavior modification. I mean, that was just packed. And we could take that and just take it apart and, and, and look at every aspect. But we're not going to do that this week, but maybe we will in the future. We're going to take a couple of things at it. Karen's group came up with, with uh, this one. A student has who has decided to follow Jesus, who is equipped by the Holy Spirit and devoted to the principles of the Lord, who is being changed into his likeness while being accountable to other disciples in a community of other believers, sharing the good news and loving one another. Wow. I don't even want to read the next one because we need to just sit for a second and think about these. You know what I love, and I'm going to let us do that for a second, is that these definitions came up from simply Christians having a conversation about what the Word says. They didn't make this up. They, they began to digest and, and, and just speak out the things that they've read in the Word of, of what Jesus did, and, and they put them together. And, and I, I imagine, and I, I overheard it, they would you know, say things, and sometimes they say, well, you know, that's true, but that's maybe not one of the keys. Let's, maybe that's a result. Maybe that's in the, you began to pull things apart and put things in and, and form and fashion these definitions. But they came from inside of the believer, which, also, which came much through the Word of God. Norm's group did, said this, A disciple is a believer who has been called by Jesus and is committed to following Him. In fellowship with other disciples, the disciple is growing in his or her walk with Christ as a student and as a teacher. These, just are, these are great. A few weeks ago, and Pastor Jeff gave the same definition last week, I said a simple definition of being a disciple is, is somebody who is following Christ. Now that we broke down a little bit. They know who Jesus is, that He's the Lord, and they're a follower of Jesus. They're being changed by Jesus, and they're committed to the mission of Jesus. So really simple. And then you begin to unpack and you think about some of those things, and what you find, I believe, is, is that those other definitions are still wrapped up in the simple one. You unpack it. I want to read a, it's not a poem, it's a, it's a writing. I used to have this in, in one of my Bibles, and, and I'm thinking I'm, I'll make a, I'm going to make stickers again. Maybe David can help me find a place to do that with this on it. It's called The Fellowship of the Unashamed. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. 
the decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away or be still. My past is redeemed, my present makes sense, and my future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, chintzy giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by presence, learn by faith, love by patience, live by prayer, and labor by power. My pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow. My way is rough, my companions few. My guide is reliable, my, my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, back up, let up or shut up until I have preached up, prayed up, paid up, stored up and stayed up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until he returns, give until I drop, preach until I'll know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My banner is clear. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. Yeah. I just get you excited. I mean, you go, wow. I, 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 Last week, we asked the question, am I a disciple of Jesus? We, we gave definitions. Pastor Jeff gave definitions and asked us to answer the question. My concern is that some of you in here said, I'm not. And maybe you said, I'm not, because you read things like this and you say, that's a disciple. I'm not that. In fact, this scares me. Because you know you. You know what you struggle with. You know the things that you have a hard time letting go of. And you think, I haven't paid up and stayed up and prayed up and stored up. And I'm not preaching until he comes. I'm not doing any of that. So therefore, I'm not a disciple. And the enemy comes in right then and steals you away from what God has already planted in your heart because you say, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I'm a failure. And that's where we, we stand. That's where we land. That's where the enemy wants us to live. He wants us to live in that place going, I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. And we don't. Because we cannot be a disciple on our own strength. We're not just disciplined followers of a philosophy. See, there's a lot of philosophies and teachers and teachings in this world, and you can follow any of them. And if you work hard, you might be able to attain some of the tenets of their beliefs and, and live to certain things if you work really hard. But you find yourself failing. And if we approach Christianity the same way, we're going to fail miserably. We're going to come back to the spot where I was just talking about and saying, that is a wonderful reading. That gets me really excited, but that's not me. And no, that's not what the Lord is wanting from us today. 
That is not where we need to land and stay and say, well, if that's it, I guess I'm just outside and I'm just going to relegate myself to being a Christian. I'm not going to be a disciple. And we somehow believe that we can actually have two camps and say, well, I'm just going to do that and let the real spiritual people be disciples. You know, it sounds funny, but I think that we do this. And we, we, we put these things around and we put camps around. And they say, well, they're this kind and they're that kind of a believer. And, and I'm a sold out believer and I'm a believer on fire. And, I'm just, and they're just this and I'm just that. And he says, no, go and make disciples. Follow me. Was his command to Matthew, to the disciples? He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Matthew, follow me. And Matthew gets up and follows him. You know, he didn't know what he was getting into. Who in this room if we, would be brave enough to say that there has been times in their life, whether it's in Christianity or something else, even marriage, who said, if I would have known what I was getting into, <laughs> right? If I would have known, but sometimes you don't even finish that statement because, because you're afraid to, and I'm afraid to. See, if we allow the Lord into that moment, we can say, you know, if I would have known what I was getting into, you go, well, wait a second. The Lord knew. You know why he didn't tell you what your Christian life was going to look like? Because you never would have done it. But as you do it, he equips you, he fills you, he prepares you, he walks with you, he doesn't leave you, he doesn't forsake you, and we grow. And growing hurts. You know, I, I'm looking around the room, and, and I, I'm not a tall guy. I didn't have these. But I, I'm wondering if, like, Gary over there, or some of you tall, tall guys, Growing pains. You know, you, we've said it, you know, growing pains. But some people actually have physical pains when their body is growing. Gary, did you ever have those? I'm sorry to pick on you, but... Because you're, you're real tall. And so some, I've heard some of these bigger guys, sometimes they start they have like six-inch summers, and they're actually in pain. In my Christian walk, I've had growing pains. I mean, I absolutely have had growing pains. How about you? It's hard. But we come to him in faith. Now, we all have come to Jesus from a different point. And it's going to be really important to, for some of you possibly to go back and say, why did I come to Christ? Why did I accept Jesus? Why did I become a Christian? You know, some of it was because of fear of hell. I, I, I went to school, my, my best friend growing up, he was young and his, his br older brother preached hell so scary that he came to Christ at like 10 or 11 years old. And he was just, he was terrified to go to hell. Well, a couple years later, he, he, not only did he backslide, he became an atheist. 
And he became a staunch atheist. And he was an, one of the most intelligent guys I've ever met. His brain just... Uh, we used to play chess together over the phone. You know, doing, you know, you know pawn, queen pawn two to pawn four. And he'd always win. He used to play me chess with, chess with his back turned towards me and the board. And he won. He, he could see the board in his head, and I would move his pieces for him. And he would actually win me playing chess. So he became a staunch atheist. And then God visited him one day and came back to the Lord. I remember that night. I, he came to my work. I mean, and we used to just butt heads when I was, I became a Christian and he became an atheist. So he became a, a, a scared of hell Christian. And he used to witness to me and I didn't want to be his friend anymore. So we broke off our friendship. Then I became a Christian. He became an atheist or some around that time. And then, and same kind of thing. But he used to come to this youth group. To, I remember sitting in the back with the IYG cafe and he would come just to debate with the youth leaders. He was 14 years old. <laughs> but God visited him, not out of fear. And he came to Christ. And he's serving the Lord to this day. Was a missionary in Israel for three years. Awesome. Awesome stories. How did we come to Christ? Was it because of fear? Was it you heard the gospel that I believe is not the gospel that... If you have faith and trust in God, He's just going to give you everything. And you can just basically name it and claim it, and God's going to give you wealth. And that, that was a popular gospel for all. Some people came to Christ in that time. Some people come to Christ because they're raised in the church, but they never know Christ personally. Jesus calls us to follow Him. And we come to Him by faith. And the, the simple truth is that all have sinned and fall short of the gospel and the glory of God. All sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wage of sin is death. So that part of being going to hell without Jesus is true. But he says the free gift of God is eternal life. And it's through faith. It's not by works. And we come to Christ. So we come to Christ knowing that we're a sinner and that we need a Savior. And we understand that in Christ He gives us new life. And he does give us hope. And eventually we're going to go to heaven, but even on this land, he'll walk with us and we'll be part of the kingdom of God. And we come to Christ with that. And we begin the process, or should begin the process, of becoming a disciple. But it's never been laid out for many of us to understand what is a disciple. And I think, I believe, that many people put disciple as like a, a place to be reached. You know, after you're a Christian for a while and have done enough things, you become a disciple. It's kind of like a graduation moment. I'm a disciple now. When did the disciples become disciples? Did they graduate to that? Do we read somewhere in Luke that they says, and then one day Jesus said, you've been following me long enough, now you're my disciples. It didn't happen. So when does it happen? I want to go and read these definitions again. And these, these were thought out, and they come from the Word of God. 
one who's been transformed or is being transformed into the image of God. Another one said, uh, someone who's decided to follow Jesus, equipped by the Holy Spirit and devoted to the principle of the Lord, who is being changed into his likeness. The other one said, The disciple is growing in his or her walk with Christ. The simple, short definition that I shared a few weeks ago and Pastor Jeff talked about it again last week. Disciple knows and follows Christ and is being changed by Christ. See, we don't just become a disciple one day. The process is we come to Christ and we follow Him. And Understanding that first part is so key. We're not following a philosophy. We're following Jesus, who we know is the Lord. And, and, do you remember what Lord means? It means master. He is Lord and Christ. He's anointed Savior and master. So when we follow Him, we're not following a religion. We're following the Savior who is our master. That means we give him that title of Lord in our life, and we say, God, I'm going I'm to follow you. I don't know what it has in store for me. There is so much, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start today, and I'm going to take that step, and, and I'm going to begin to follow you. And, and what we hopefully allow to happen is we begin to be changed by him. And what's wonderful is when we first come to Christ, that's when we are changed by him so easily. And somewhere along the line, we mess it up. Because when we come to Christ originally, He does a work in our heart, and we just are like amazed, and we go, wow, I don't even want to fill in the blank anymore. Do you remember those moments when, when the Lord actually took something away? And He didn't take it all away, but, but whatever it was, and you go, oh my gosh, I haven't cussed in a week. I haven't had a desire to drink. I haven't lied. And he, and he begins to do a change in us. And we are just being changed by Him. And, and when we're changed by Him, we desire to know Him more, so we spend time with Him. And as a, as a young Christian, hopefully you had a, a desire and or somebody in your life who said, let me help you to read the Word of God because that's God's love letter to you. That's where he's going to speak to you. And you begin to read the word and he does this great thing. And he begins to change us. Somewhere along the line, too many of us though, began to go, oh, now I need to do this. And now I need to do this. And we start trying too hard. And, and, and it's a fine balance of trying to change ourselves and letting Christ change us from inside. And I don't even know how to really talk about that because it's, it's the yin-yang thing. It's the, yes, we need to be in the Word and we need to be seeing what he, what, he, what he says about our life and our situation. But He is the one who's going to do the work in and through us to change. And so the moment of discipleship starts when we come to Christ and we begin to follow Him and are being changed by Him. That's it. That's the beginning. 
And one of the changes that needs to occur and, and has for some, it, it was there for a while and, and it, it backs away, we walk away from it, is the other part of being really committed to his mission. Who, what he wants to see happen in this world. And that comes all back to these wonderful definitions which come from key scriptures in the Bible. A disciple is a learner. That's what the word means, learner. But it's more than a learner. It's someone who's committed. It's someone who's dedicated and following the Lord Jesus. But what's he learning? He's learning who Jesus is, how to walk with him and how to follow him. When Jesus called his disciples, he patterned that life. I love what Pastor Jeff did last week was, was wonderful. That we, we, the message is online. You can listen to it. We actually did shorten it up a little bit because it's a long message. But it's, um, you know, he, what do we hold on to? What do we look to? The disciples had Jesus, and Jesus taught them the word. He taught them to pray. He lived life circumstances and situations being full of the Holy Spirit, and the disciples got to see that. But then he commissioned the disciples to go and make other disciples. And so what are we supposed to watch? See, Jesus isn't here, except he's here. He's, he's in you, and he's in me. And so part of the discipleship process is that we have to be with one another all the time. And we need to be living for Jesus and watching other people live for Jesus. We need to be spending time with people who are a little ahead of where we're at, who, who, who are living the life, and we can begin to see how they overcome the obstacles. And we live in relationship with others. We're following Christ. But wherever you're at today is where you're at with Christ. And we can't get lost, and, and this is so important for us today because really today is the day once again that we say, I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple. I want to be changed by you, Lord. I want to follow you. I want to be committed to the things that you have for me. And he'll take you and he'll take me wherever we're at. And he'll say, great, I'll take you. He doesn't say, well, please go take care of this first, go take care of this first, go take care of this first, then come back and follow me. He says, follow me, and I will change you. I will make you. It's, it's wonderful. Now, this process, so the, the big first thing I'm wanting us to do is to take off this pressure, take off this notion that we have to look a certain way and therefore because I don't I'm not a disciple or because we think this is what a disciple is I'm going to fake it and pretend I'm a disciple. Anyone ever do that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> right? It's true. We become a little bit more spiritual around certain people. No, this is the day to, to just say, here I am. I'm yours. You're the master. You're the Lord. 
I'm going to follow you. And I can't do it on my own. So I'm going to be open, Lord, to you changing me. And if being a disciple means a learner, I'm going to learn of you. And part of the way of learning of you is going to be spend time in the Word. But I'm not going to do that on my own because I know that on my own only, I have a lot of filters. I have a lot of junk that goes on in this head. And I'm sure none of you do. <laughs> I'm sure none of you have ever gotten a text. And when I can't believe they said that. And you maybe showed it to somebody else and they go, said what? They said, do you want to meet at the park today or not? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to meet at the park or not? <laughs> I'm sure none of you have ever taken something out of context. We get into the Word and we, we sometimes can, can go and so we, we get into the Word by ourselves and then we also challenge other people. And we spend time, we talk about the Word, and, and we, we go, what, you know, what, what do you say? What is this passage saying to you? And, and we learn of the Word of God alone and with people. We don't isolate. We learn of God by spending time with the Master Himself in prayer and, and in times of worship. Because a disciple is a learner. But today is the day that we just say, it doesn't matter where you're at today. Simply saying, I'm going to follow you, and I'm ready for you to change me. And I know that there are some of us in this room who say, because I've been trying to change myself for a long time, and it's not working. And you don't have to. You can just say, God, I'm willing to be changed. And he will walk with you, and he will walk with me, and he'll bring us to the next spot that he believes is the right thing for us. You're talking with somebody and you, it's amazing, we can see everyone else's sin problems. Sorry, I, I, was, I ended up looking over at Robert when I said that. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, I gotta be careful. <laughs> you know, you get, you get with people and, and you're talking and, and you can see all their issues and, and and we go, well, you know, if you just stop doing this, or if you just start doing this, and we tell them, we become the mini Holy Spirit. We tell them what they need to be working on next. Jesus knows how to do it in the right order for you. He knows what to work on. And we're going to probably mess it up. And so we say, Lord, Lord change me. And he will just begin to do that if we invite him in and, and give him. And I, I, this is becoming one of my favorite, favorite visuals. Remember talking about the, when they would, the priest would get the mercenaries to come and do their dirty work. And they would baptize them by hundreds in the ocean. And as they were going down, they'd pull their sword out. And they'd hold their sword out of the water. Remember this from a few weeks ago? And they'd get baptized. And they, and they held the sword out of the water so they could say, Baptize me, but not my sword because I don't want my sword controlled by the Lord. I don't want my sword, because they knew what they had to go do. And they said, I don't want to give this area to God, because they were going to go kill people. We do this all the time. We say, God, I'm going to give you everything but this.
And God's just, you know, just, just give me yourself and I'll tell you what it is. And he's going to gently lead us. And he's going to take us on an amazing journey that we can't do on our own. But I also want to encourage you, Christians, you've already stepped over the line and you've, some of you have tried to go back and it's not working. And you're, you're stuck in this place of going, I don't want to give it all to God, but I can't go back to the world. Not fully. I mean, you try. I mean, some of us have really tried. And there was times in my life, you know, when I was a young believer, I tried, but it, it just didn't work. It reminded me of when I was up in Oregon. We had these fish ladders where we used to live up in the Sandy Am River. And it started at the top of a cliff. And the fish ladders was what, what would be made through a, a, a cliff where the waterfalls would go so the salmon could get upstream. And they would dig tunnels. Sometimes they were natural, but sometimes they actually go in and help the tunnels to be made so that the salmon could swim further upstream to spawn. And so they were called the fish ladders, a way to get a fish up a waterfall. That's how fish get up the waterfall. They find little caves. Well, there was one at this place that we used to go to that had a concrete... Um, you know, wall with a square about this big and the river went rushing through that square into the cave, into the whole cliff. And you would hold your breath and you wouldn't even have to swim, you just hold your breath and, and you would just go through the first hole. Once you got through the first hole, there was no coming back. You could not get back. I mean, that was a river running through a hole. There was no way you could come. So once you went in, you weren't coming back. But the rest of the trip after that was dark. And some of the salmon were like this big. And you're swimming down rocks with big old fish all around you and getting hitting. And it was a little scary. Okay. And I say, I was only 11 when we went there. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But... And, and they told me, that because I was like, I was looking, and in fact, I went down and I saw two holes, and I said, now which hole is it, the left one or the right one? And he goes, there's only one hole. And I went down there, so my eyes, I don't know if I was so afraid that I was seeing double. <laughs> and, and so he says, you know, because once you go in, you can't get out. Some of you have walked into Christ and have gone into the first chamber, and you're, and you're like, I don't want to go the rest of the way. But you know what? You can't get out. So go on for the ride. Just go, and, and in a fish ladder, you don't have to do much. You just kind of go, and, it's, and you just, you're just going down the little rocks. That's what we're talking about, giving it to Christ, saying, okay, Lord, I'm not going to fight you anymore. I'm going to let you change me. I'm going to follow you wherever you go, because he has plans for you. He has something really good for me that I haven't stepped into yet. He's got more, and it's a journey. The, the whole point of this is that the moment we come to Christ and give Him our life, we become a disciple as long as we're continuing to let Him keep changing us, and we're continuing to follow Him. And then when He says, this is the next step, we say, okay, Lord. And one of the steps is, this is I want the lost to know me too. His mission is to seek and save the lost, and we need to be committed to that as disciples. It's not just about us. And, and we just say, okay, God, I'm, I'm in. I'm going. First hole, second hole, man, it's dark in here. Am I ever going to get out of this? Yeah, you will. But give it to the Lord. Whatever he has. And I don't know what that is for you. 
But if you'll give, give it to him this morning, he'll take us on an amazing journey. And, the, and, and my brothers and all the people who were brave enough to do that said it was so fun, exhilarating. Just whoo, whoo, whoo. You know, get a little scared by the big salmon touching you. Whoo. What was that? That happens in our Christianity. God is going to take us on a journey to, to get to know him in a deeper way and to change us and transform us. And often the same thing that we're just saying, no, God, not this. The moment we give that to him, we actually experience so much freedom and so much joy, we can't even, exp we can't even express it. We've got two things to do. We're going to pray, and then we're going to pray for someone. Father, we come to you today as your children. We're broken. We're messed up. We're dysfunctional. But we're yours. And the first part of our prayer that will, that, that will be quick today is we want to follow you. We know that you're our Lord. You're our Master. And you're the Savior, and you're the only way. So we say, I will follow you, even as we did in worship. And we pray, God, that you would change us from the inside out. God, we give you ourselves, we surrender ourselves to you, to be changed by you today. Whatever it is, we, we don't want to hold anything back, but we ask the Holy Spirit to do your work. God, in this process, we would commit ourselves to you and to become learners of you. That we would put ourselves in places that we can hear your voice better. So when you do ask us to submit to you and to give whatever it might be up to you as an offering, We'll hear it. Strengthen us to obey. Father, as we get to know you better and understand your love and your grace and your mercy, help us to be committed to your mission in this world. We can't do this on our own. But Lord, I thank you that wherever we are today, you see it and you're okay with it if we'll just give it to you. Help us not to play the game anymore. Help us not to try to swim upstream. But just submit to you. And be filled with the joy and the hope and the peace and the strength to go through this wild ride that at times is dark, as times is, is exhilarating. Knowing that we'll come out the other side that you have wonderful things prepared for us. In Jesus' name, amen.